Good morning, family of God. Before I start, I'd like you to open your Bibles. If you didn't bring your Bible to church, bring your Bible to church. Everybody should bring their Bible to church. I tell my youth, bring, if we go out to eat, bring your Bible. Just have it because you never know when we're going to open it. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles in front of you. If you are the digital age, you have a phone, open up your Bible app to Revelation 5.12. Today we're going to look at a verse and talk about what every Christian, every follower, every apprentice of Jesus needs to know and must ponder for the rest of their lives. My prayer is that our eyes would be open, that our hearts would show hospitality to these massive truths today. But before we look at this verse and the idea behind it, I want to tell you a story of why I believe this verse is a verse that the Lord wants us to hear today. So hold your spot in your Bible, and I want to tell you a story that rocked me years ago. It was early, in the early 1700s, when two young men heard about an island in the West Indies. It was on a normal Sunday morning at church when these two young men heard their pastor mention this island. In the message, the young men heard about the story of a man that recently died there and learned that this man was never given the opportunity to hear the news of Jesus that he died without knowing about Jesus. Deeply disturbed, these two young men went back home and could not get it out of their minds. What they heard was radical in their minds. They couldn't understand it. No one on this island knew of the grace and mercy of God, what God did to give that grace and mercy, and what it cost God to accomplish the way for their salvation and why they were even in need of this. So one night, these two young men named John and Davy decided to make an even more radical decision. They would go to this island for the purpose of sharing the must-needed good news of Jesus. Why would they do this? Because they received a vision when they read this verse. And in this vision, they saw the supremeness of Christ. So what did they do? They surrendered to this supremeness. Two men just over 21 years of age received this vision. You see, church, an awakened soul savors this supremacy. He or she is saved by it. Regeneration which is when the conception of the gospel begins in a new birth in your heart, brings forth genuine celebration of Christ that causes everything to happen. An awakened human is the one who's actually fully alive. Before regeneration, we are dead. Not just blind, but dead. But like my favorite verse in Ephesians 2 says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love of which he had for us, made us alive in Christ Jesus. 
1732, these two young men were regenerated. Surrendered happened. Worship happened. The gospel was prized more than pleasure and even life itself. John Leonard Dober and David Nietzscheman gave up their freedom and chose in that moment to be sold into slavery to share the message with the slaves in the West Indies. To share that Christ is the one who sets us free. Not that this message would necessarily free them of their physical bondage, but would free them of their spiritual bondage. Christ always changes the heart, but may keep the environment the same. The mind and the heart change to see his supremacy. Worship happens no matter what is going on or what you're going through. So what motivated them? Lost souls. In Christian magazine, it's still written today, on the island there are still souls who cannot believe because they have not heard. Well, some of us in our comfort uh, situation or the way that our world thinks today may say, well, yeah, they were young. They didn't understand the risk, the pains, and the danger that awaited them. They were foolish to do that stuff. They wasted their lives. Let us not go down that route. Is Jesus not worth it? They grew up seeing slaves traded. They knew how they were mistreated, viewed, and even abused. They knew this for a fact. Family and even friends knew it and tried to talk them out of it with tears and pleads, don't do this. You're so young. You have such a future ahead of you. But when Christ captures your heart, not even your mama can talk you out of it. The boat that they would walk on is free men, but they would become slaves by choice. The boat detaches from the dock. The two men lock arms. And one of them raises his hand. All of a sudden, the family and friends and everybody on the dock hear words of confidence and assurance being proclaimed. Joy was felt through their words. Expectation would be felt through these words. Worship would be seen in these words. Surrender would manifest in these words. And the one man raised his hand and yelled, May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Church, I hope that this proclamation alone would be the cry of our hearts today. So let's read Revelation 5.12. Revelation 5, we did a series in Revelation. We've unpacked this a lot. I'm not going to do that because I'm most likely not going to stay to my script. Worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth 
in wisdom, in might, in honor, in glory, in blessing. Do you understand that this proclamation isn't like we read it, worthy is a lamb. No, it's worthy is the lamb that was slain. The elders in this, in this chapter are saying this with their face to the ground. When Jesus stands up in the throne, the only response that anybody in all of creation will ever be able to say is worthy. And we will never get tired of that word. No one is worthy except Christ. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much comfort in your life has. It doesn't matter how many friends and influencers you have in your life. How many clicks you get on TikTok. Doesn't matter how many children you have. Doesn't matter if you have a good husband or a bad husband. No one is worthy of this praise. Worthy. Let that word, feel that word. Hear that word. Ponder this word for the rest of your life. Let your mind and your heart, as Jeff said in that Ezekiel passage, swim in this word. Worthy. I'm going to do something I've never done before. You know me, when I preach, I change it all up. I never really do the same thing. I'm nervous to do this because I've never done this. But as I was writing my sermon last night, there was a song that came on. And I'm telling you, I couldn't control myself. Even Elizabeth came and said, Dad, you're shouting. I want us to sing this song together. And I want you to put away all your embarrassment. I want you to put away all your fear of people hearing your voice, because I have a terrible voice. But I'm going to try to do this. And I'm gonna, hopefully I remember the beat, because if it's not, it's going to sound bad. But, <laughs> but I'd like all the men to stand up first, if you could. Ladies, you are next, so don't think you're out of it. <laughs> Son, put up the first lyrics, please. Okay? And when we sing this song, I want you to think about the words you're proclaiming. Okay? So the dot is we hold were, the word were for full counts, and then we say thee. And then we end on this. We'll do that twice together, men, and then the ladies will do it twice by themselves, and then we're going to do it all together, and then we're going to finish the song. Okay? So it goes like this. Worthy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Okay? So let's try it. Ready? One, two, three. 
worthy, 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 Lord God Almighty. All right, now close your eyes and sing it. Ready? One, two, three. Worthy, worthy. Lord God Almighty. All right, ladies, let's stand up and let's see if we can do this. Never knew I was going to be a choir master today. Ready? Y'all got the beat? You got it kind of idea? Okay. One, two, three. Worthy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Lord God Almighty. Okay. All right, guys, stand up. We're going to do it together. I know. They got it, though. Their voices sounded great. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Worthy, 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 Lord God Almighty. One more time. Worthy. Worthy, worthy, Lord God Almighty. All right, so the next verse. Okay, now this goes, open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. Okay, so ready? Open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. Okay, I think you got that. Now go to the next one. All right. All blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Okay? Let's try that one again. You've got to kind of wrap it a little bit. All right? We're going to sing the whole song together, just so I'm giving you practice. All blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Okay? Now, start, start from the beginning, son. Then we're going to do this all together. But listen, this is fun. This is words that we will proclaim forever. This is a song that we will hear, literally hear, and a song that we will never, be, never need to be trained ever again to sing. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Worthy, 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 Lord God Almighty. One more time. Worthy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Next sorrow. Open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. Open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. Next line. All blessing and honor, glory and power. Be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. One more time. All blessing and honor. Glory and power. Be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Amen. Amen. If you want it on your playlist, they start off the song with holy. I change it to worthy. But it's, it's uh, on Spotify. If you go to Upper Room, break the scroll. You can hear it. I'm telling you. The song is amazing. One word says it all. 
Can you imagine what the Apostle John saw? In this chapter, John gets a glimpse of a complete picture of Christ. He, with his own eyes, gets a glimpse of the supremeness of Jesus Christ. He sees and hears a word that defines the complete nature and character of God. When we look at this chapter, if you look a little ahead, if you look at verse 5, scroll up to verse 5. There's a scroll presented, no one can break the seal, and John breaks down. Can you imagine? Is there no one that can open this? He falls down and he weeps. And one of the elders comes up to him and says, Weep no more. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. He can open the scroll and break its seals. Let's bring that to the 21st century. Every longing you have, every emptiness that you feel, every struggle that you go through, have you not thought at times, does God even see me? Is there any possible way to fix this? And Revelation promises us that there is no more need to weep out of depraved desperation. You no longer have to be separated from God. You no longer have to worry about your sins. You no longer have to hold shame. You no longer have to feel a dread. Because there's a worthy one who can open that thing and fix everything. That seal, that the the scroll, was the judgments of God coming to bring forth the rebirth of earth itself. All this judgment to bring the new heaven down to earth. And John says, John sees There is one that can fix it. He is going to fix everything. No more racial divide. Political parties don't even matter in the kingdom of God. Abortion will cease. Destroyed homes will stop. Divorce will end. Disease will be like a dream. Because there is one who is worthy to fix it. And here's the beautiful thing. That worthy one saved you. He didn't have to. You don't deserve it. Neither do I. But in his scandalous love, decided to. And here's the thing. He didn't make this plan up. It was set before the world existed. 
And then, it's interesting, the first time you see Jesus, he opens the scroll as the lion. Lion is a symbolization of absolute power and authority to do this. There's only one person strong enough to defeat Satan's temptation in your life. It's not your Bible reading. It's not you getting on your knees praying. You know who it is? It's Jesus Christ. Because outside of God's presence, we are no match for Satan. But Jesus has conquered Satan. He's conquered him. And then the next glimpse that John gets is of the Lamb. The lamb. That lamb. A lamb that symbolizes that God himself would be our sacrifice. Humility. Absolute tough tenderness and gentleness. But notice, the thing I notice is when Jesus stepped up as the line of the tribe of Judah, there was, they didn't rejoice at that moment. It's when he stepped up as the lamb. Can you imagine that moment? You're standing before the throne of God. You see a figure. And when he stands, you no longer see the lion, but the lamb. But here's the crazy part. He's all wounded up. Jesus isn't ashamed what he had to go through for you. He doesn't feel bad about it. He doesn't look at you going, really, this is what you put me through? He steps up shows himself, and all we can do is worship. Worship. There is no one like Jesus Christ. We must come to know the supremacy of this lion. You see, this lion is the exact image of the invisible God. Colossians 1.15. By seeing this lion, we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. This lion must come, we must come to know his eternality. Let this fathom your mind for a second. Jesus Christ never had a beginning. He is simply there, absolute reality. That all things are contingent upon his will. This building, our bodies, your health, our friends, this earth, every planet, galaxy, star, molecule, atom is held by him alone. As A.W. Toza put it, God has no origin. The fact of God is necessary to the fact of man. Think God away and man has no ground of existence. So you could take God out of everything 
but try to make sense of why you exist then. Make sense of why the galaxy in the earth is perfect to the degree that it needs to exist. 1% closer to the sun, we're dead. 1% away from the sun, we're dead. Our body is perfectly mixed with water and flesh. Hydrogen and oxygen on this earth are just perfect for us to be able to breathe. Why? Because of the lion who rules it all. We are about to celebrate. Starting next week, if you're a traditionalist like I kind of am sometimes, you're going to start celebrating Advent which is about the awaiting of the incarnation, the celebration of the incarnation, God taking on human flesh. But Christmas is not where Jesus began. The lion sets the foundation of the world in place. Every square inch of all existence, he holds it together. As Hebrews 1.3 states, Jesus is sustaining all things in his powerful word. Weep no more, Christian. Weep no more. I don't know what everybody's going through. I can give you these words. Weep no more. Worthy is the lamb who was slain for you to receive all power, all wealth, all wisdom, all might, all honor, all glory, forever and ever. We don't need to look anywhere else. No person, no thrill, no hobby, no habit, no salary, no position, no location, no comfort, no pleasure can conquer your uttermost need. You see, when we see the lion and the lamb, sin becomes absolutely in our face of what it is. Sin is treason against God our King. It's treason. Do you know what the penalty of treason is? We even know this on earth. What's the penalty of treason? Death. How often do we not include God in our life? Oh, I'll read the word later. Oh, I'll get in his presence later. How often do we belittle him? Not give him his rightful place in our life. We don't disciple our children with him. We don't love our wife like Christ loved the church. We don't look at our co-workers as a mission field, but we look at them as aggravation. We look at the generation behind us and go, oh, they're a bunch of idiots. When we should see, no, that is potential. There's future apprentices of Jesus right there. 
Or as Oswald Chambers said, if we can look at every man and woman and say perfect in Christ, we would do things differently. So Jesus is worthy because of his eternality. This line is so central to all reality that the well-known science fiction author A.G. Wells once wrote this. I love this quote. I am a historian. I am not a believer. But this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of all existence. This is all seen in the lion, but the lion stands and John sees him as the lamb. When we see the lamb, like I said, the problem of sin is fully realized, but the beauty of grace is overwhelming. Church, when's the last time you repented of your sins? Honestly. Not brush them off. When were you broken because you displeased your heavenly father who gave everything for you? Don't you hear the father's call? Come to me. Forgiveness is only in Christ. It's not in self-help. It's not in psychology or philosophy. It's summed up in two words. Forgiveness is in Jesus Christ. That's it. That is our only hope. If you commit one sin outside of Christ, you deserve infinite judgment. Why did you think it took God to die to fix God's wrath? One sin against an infinite God deserves the same infinite value against that victim. But God said no. No. Let me perish so that you can have eternal life. He substitutes himself. He exchanges himself with us. Think about that. You stand before God in Christ. He sees you as Jesus. And when he looks to Christ on the cross, he sees Jesus as you. That's why Martin Luther talked about the great exchange so much. Oh, every youth hear that. Jesus exchanged himself for you. The lamb was slain. He is worthy. He's not boring. He's inexhaustible. He can't be boring. If you think Jesus is boring, you're boring. The lamb was slain. The lamb being slain shows that God does care. He does care. The incarnation proves that. 
You see, the focus of Christmas was never meant to be the baby. But the lamb embracing being slain. The things that happened to all the two-year-olds when Herod took over, that was a picture of what Jesus was about to accomplish 33 years later. Don't you think he forgot about that moment? And we needed him to be slain. God became a man to rescue man from his deserving wrath against our sin. God became a man so that man could know God again. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people and like, well, what about a person in China that's on the foremost and then here? He doesn't know God. I don't like it. I'm not okay with it, but the fact is, if the man dies by himself, he has to stand before God and pay for his own sins. But the lamb was slain so that we wouldn't have to pay for our own sins. This is what the world needs to know. The lamb came so that man could dwell with God and that God could dwell with man. No more separation. No more cultural hindrances. No more political differences. No ethnicity racism. No bloodline disputes. No social economic privileges. No time frames. No other gods. No rivals. Only the lamb. The lamb was slain so that the good news could be known. That the good news, the gospel of Jesus, is that God is for all mankind. Church. I got 11 minutes. Doesn't mean I'll use them all. Or maybe I'll use more. I don't know. I'm telling you, this this sermon was so hard to write because I have, I knew what I wanted to say, but I didn't know how to say it. Jesus is worthy. If you've been a Christian for 55 years, hear that Jesus is still worthy. If you've been a Christian for 10 years, Jesus is still worthy. If you've been a Christian for a year, Jesus is still worthy. Every story you read in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, it is God's proclamation that he is worthy. And we need to treasure this worthiness with our very lives. Let's stop playing Christian and actually be Christian. Let our money show that we care about Christ more than anything on earth. Let the time that we serve others show anything but we love Christ 
more than anything? What do your coworkers see in your life? Do they see Jesus worthy? Or do they see that you're just like them? What about your children? Do you, do, parents, do your children understand and see through mommy and daddy's relationship that Jesus is worthy? Jesus is worthy for daddy to love mama with all that he's got. And Jesus is worthy for mama to love daddy with all that she has. Teenagers, do your friends see in your life that Jesus is worthy? That you're not hooked on the human devolution of TikTok, wasting your brain cells flipping through stuff that doesn't even change anything. How about you love your friends, spend time with your friends, serve your friends, wash your friends' feet, metaphorically or physically if you want, with the love of Christ. Because let me tell you what, I've learned this myself. The friends you graduate with may not be alive when you're old. Can't tell me friends that in my my graduating class has died from car accidents and other stuff, cancer. One of my good friends and I had bone cancer. We don't understand the time that we have. And every opportunity we have is to share Christ Jesus with everything. Because he's worthy. This church exists only for one reason. Yes, Jeff is a great preacher. He is. And this is a cool building. But the local body only exists for one reason. Jesus Christ. Not platform raising. Oh my God, I get sick seeing celebrity preachers. I tell you what, I hate that. The only one who receives honor and fame. Taylor Swift is nothing to Jesus Christ. Every time she mocks God in her songs and in her dances and stuff like that, let me tell you something. She's nothing to Jesus Christ. And you could say in your heart, because I've said this myself, well, what about all the bad that's going on? How is that true? Like, you don't understand. The answer to everybody's question, like, well, where's God and all this? It's real easy. God is up in heaven storing wrath to destroy everyone who does such things in the end. He is going to fix it. But he is patient and he is kind because he wants to release people from sin. You look at a mass murderer. You could judge him, hate him, not like what he does. Let me tell you something, the gospel is still for him. Because that was Paul. That was Moses. That was David. All of them were murderers. And God changed them. He made the murderer the most famous preacher outside of Jesus Christ on earth. Why? Because Paul knew this. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. All the philosophy he went in to try to change people's mind and persuade them, he almost died for it. 
dusts himself off, fixes his wounds, goes right back to the same people that tried to kill him, and preaches the cross of Jesus Christ, and the place gets saved. Why? Because what we believe is foolish to everybody. But even the foolishness of God is smarter than the smartness of man. Worthy is the Lamb. Church, I hope that this Christmas season, oh my gosh, that we would not sit there and focus on the baby. But we would focus on why he became a baby. I'm sure he was cute. Every baby's cute. But remember, Mary held Jesus as a baby, knowing what he was called to, and at the end of his life, held him as a child as he was dead. She knew what her son had to go through. She knew he was the lamb who's come to take away the sins of the world. My, my, my call to you is this. If you are not right with God, get right today. If you have not made him worthy in your life, today make him worthy. Is your sin worth not coming to Christ My soul and heart are heavy because I dream, I know Jeff does too, we dream of a day when we will see these seats filled, not for numerical reasons, not even for financial reasons, but we'll see a people that are hungry for Christ who want to change the world around, who want to see Covington changed. And it's not going to happen through councilmen and politicians. That's not how it's going to happen. You know how it's going to happen? A man, a woman's heart has to be regenerated. Church, if every Christian in America would surrender to Christ, this country would look so different. Not because we would force it. We learn that the hallway. That don't work. But because when people's eyes are open, they see what God doesn't like. And they repent and change. Think about your life. When you came to know Christ, did you change? I was a promiscuous man. When I saw Christ, my black book meant nothing. When I saw Christ, my friends, even though they abandoned me, they meant nothing. Not because I'm mean, because I was on a mission. I had the lamb who was slain call me by name. And said, you're mine. I save you. Now come and follow me. 
The lamb calls us to follow him. Do you know what that means? We need to be like Jesus. We need to do what Jesus did. That's what it means to follow. It doesn't mean to be a spectator or a fan. It means to be a player in the game. What did God save you from? I know some of you, Jesus Christ saved your marriage. Praise God. I know some of you have got to see your children embrace Jesus Christ. Praise God. Some of you have even seen people healed. Praise God. Some of you were angry, and your anger was decimated when you came into the presence of Christ. Praise God. Some of you were greedy, lustful, hateful, mean, arrogant. In Christ's presence, that falls. Why? One reason, one word. Worthy is the Lamb. Let's pray. Father, what a heavy passage to even stay in. A passage that, honestly, for all eternity, we won't even grasp your worthiness. God, there are people in here today that need you to open their eyes, to feel the love they had for you like they did in the beginning. Lord, may our walk with you, our apprenticeship with you, our Christianity, let it never become stale. Let it never become boring. Take us out of our comfort zones. Let us see, just like these young men in the story I read before, wherever we place our feet is our mission field. Because you are with us. Lord, help me never to never be passionate about you. Never let me not repent and run to you. As Martin Luther once said, Lord, the life of a Christian is a life of repentance. It's not a word we like very much, Lord. But thank you for the gift of repentance. Thank you that the lamb was slain Lord, help us to follow you so closely. Let us make a declaration. I know we wait for New Year's Eve, but why do we have to wait for the new year? Let it start today. Everybody here, no matter the age, today I will surrender to Christ and let him carry me along. That he would receive all power all wealth, all glory, all honor, all fame forever. Let me take the back seat. Lord, if Christians took the back seat, TikTok would go bankrupt. 
Instead of trying to take the limelight, Lord, let us learn to be the servant who puts on the towel and washes our neighbor's feet. Help us to mimic you. Help us to mimic you. Help us to see that you're so worthy that our life means nothing, that our pleasures mean nothing, that our comforts mean nothing if they take us away from you. Holy Spirit, please, please, I beg, would you fill us today? May this verse never be able to exit our mind. Not because I preached it or Jeff expounded on it, but because you wrote it. Father, every visitor that is here today, would you bless them with a time to come hear a crazy preacher? But Father, may it be known to all Washington and metropolitan area that Christ Community Church lives for one and one only, one who is worthy seal, one who can fix everything, that Christ Community Church exists because of Jesus Christ. Let Hancock Bank know that. Let Turgos know that. Let Haven know that. Let St. John's know that. The Southern Hotel know that. Every neighbor we live next to know that. Every co-worker we work with. Every student we sit by. Every child we disciple. Every person we come across. Every homeless person on side the road. Every mean person, angry person, hungry person, drug addict. Everybody. May they know that we exist for one alone, it may be honorably, with great privilege, enjoy being labeled Christian. Little Jesuses. May we see miracles, Lord. Wayward children, come home. Lord, it gives me great hope when I read about the prodigal son. Why? Because you see the prodigal, and you are a prodigal God. Lord, would you please move? Let this day, November 19, 2023, be a day that every person in this church, whether they're here or watching online, may the people watching online Come here, Lord. But may this day be where we said, yes, I'll surrender. Lord, you're my master. you the boss. You lead the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Kurt. Um, two things. One... I love when the effect of Kerr's preaching has a sense of urgency about it. 
there's an exhortation about his preaching that I, and his gifting. I love how the word sits in him. I love how Jesus rattles him to rattle me. So I, I am very appreciative of that. And know this about Kerr. Everything that he preaches, he lives. He lives it. And so we're very grateful uh, for his pastoral influence, but also his just being a brother in Christ, exhorting us to love Jesus. You know, as we recite and bring to mind, rather, uh, Colossians 1.18, we want to live to make Christ preeminent. And that's first. We want him to be exalted. We want him to be first in everything. And we do that when we see his worth. When we see how worthy it is, he is, all of the other things will come into play. Uh, I want to draw your attention before we get to uh, reciting our commission together, just some ways to uh, be intentional in our relationships with one another as a church. Uh, tonight at 5.30, we're going to be celebrating a Thanksgiving dinner as a church. Uh, this is bring a covered dish uh, to share with everybody. We're going to transform this room in order to do that. And if you're hanging around in about 20 minutes, we would love your help in stacking some chairs, putting some tables out. We're going to put some long tables in the middle, round tables on the side. Uh, please come back tonight. Even if you don't bring anything, just come back. Let's just have an enjoyable time tonight meeting together as a church family. Also, December 6th at 7 p.m. is our, uh, we, we do an annual family meeting toward the end of every year. And this allows us to be able to look back at this previous year, uh, identifying areas of grace, and then looking forward to what God has for us uh, in the, the coming year. Uh, but also we take time just to do a financial update for the church, and we would like to get you in on that as well. Uh, if you would... If you have not already uh, used online resources to give, you can use the QR code that may have been behind me. don't know. Uh, You can use that to access our online giving portal, or if you have something, you can put it in the back. Uh, we, We long for God to use us, and I just appreciated the way that Kerr described it. We want to see this place overflowing with people who love Jesus. Because there's a mission that God has for us. There's a mission for us to, to reach this community. There's a, re, a mission for us to reach the nations. We want to play that part. And finances make that happen. Our giving makes that happen. And so uh, what, we, what we would encourage you to do is have a goal of 10% of your income to give to the church for our operating expenses and also toward the mission of the church. Uh, but if you're not at that 10%, we please Work toward it. Uh, also, if there's just a, uh, a sacrificial gift that you want to make, maybe year-end, if that's something that you are used to doing in your life, please prayerfully consider giving that sacrificial gift here uh, because we want to see God do some amazing things with us as a church. Also, ladies, for your information, and my wife Kathy's in the back to help you uh, gather some more information that you need. Uh, what what has typically been a men's retreat, a men's conference every January in Orange Beach, Alabama. This year is going to be for the ladies. Uh, we are a part of a family of churches called Sovereign Grace Churches, and this is a regional retreat. We're inviting uh, the, the around 10 churches that we have in our region, uh, all the ladies showing up at Perdido Beach Resort in Orange Beach, uh, Alabama. It's January 12th through the 14th. You can... Uh, Register. That's the word I was looking for. You can register at the iPad with the iPad in the back. Uh, also, if you're looking for somebody to room with, 
uh, Kathy's there to help pair everybody up because uh, it's it really is an enjoyable time to get away, but also to build relationships with one another. Uh, if you have any types of questions or whatever, uh, I appreciate again Kerr's admonition to us to get right with the Lord. If that if that's a phrase that's different for you, and you need help navigating that, we we want to make ourselves available to do that. You can follow the QR code. You can register. If we don't have your information, you've been coming to the church a little while. Uh, that's a way for you to, hey, here's who I am. Here's my email. Yes, I'd like more information on what, what a relationship with the Lord looks like and what it means to walk in that surrender and being carried along. So please utilize that if you will. All right, if you would stand with me. Let us sing the song. No, I want to find that song. I'm going to find that song afterwards. <laughs> Cause you to shout in your house. I want to hear that and put it on my playlist too. Remember, these are Jesus' words to us. When he, uh, before ascending to the heavens, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He's got all authority because he's worthy. He is the lamb who was slain. So he says to us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. May God bless us. See you tonight.